Okay, well, welcome to Come and See Inspirations. Um, my name is John Keeley. Today I'm visiting St. Malou's Well here in Ada, which is situated just behind the graveyard. And to tell us more about the well and its history, I'm joined by, by my neighbour, actually, Mary Curry. I believe you were on the programme before, before, Mary. Welcome to the programme. Thanks, John. Hi, good to see you. Mary, we picked a lovely day now uh, to come and chat about St. Malou's Well because it was a glorious day about an hour ago, but anyway, it started to rain, but that's okay. Mary, it's a, it's a beautiful place here where we're standing here now at the moment, but just before we speak about the well, tell us a little bit about this guy, St. Malua. Well, his name originally was Lua, and he was a local, born here in West Limerick. Uh, his father was also a local man, Corhuk, uh, but his mother was from Ossery, which is in County Carlow, roughly. Um, when he was very young, he was seen to be a very pious child and a very holy child, and there were quite a few um, unusual occurrences that indicated that he was destined for great things. So he sent to Bangor in County Antrim, where he trained to be a monk, first of all, and then later on a priest. And uh, He decided he was going to stay there, but... The Saint Congal, who was in charge of the monastery, suggested that his life should be a missionary life. Mm. And he decided then to be a builder of monasteries. And he's built several around the country, starting off in County Monaghan, Drumsnat, and then coming down through the country. Uh, Leash Offaly, he's got quite a few there. Yeah. Uh, of course, probably the most famous one, he's known for his Killalua, Kildalua, on the banks of the Shannon, and also Oganello on the other side of the Shannon in County Clare. And then in Limerick, um, Dundonald in Rathkeel, Emily Grennan in the east of Limerick, and of course here in Arda. Uh, chances are that he was here for maybe two or three years, set up the monastery, and then left a prior in charge with several, several monks, and then travelled on and set up other monasteries. So it's not we're not sure how long he was here. Mm. Uh, he would have been born in 554, uh, so just as St. Ita was about 80 years old. Okay. So they may have known each other. She mm. may have seen him when he was a small child. Uh, not really sure. <laughs> mm. uh, this is an era, though, of when there were a lot of saints in Ireland. Um, Camille Father was also a contemporary of his, as was St. Columba, and uh, obviously St. Um, Congal in Bangor. And was there some connection with St. Malua and St. Munchen, no? Yes, uh, St. Munchen came to visit him and they were good friends and on his uh, deathbed St. Munchen's visited him and reached his him too late and he was already deceased. He put his hand on his coffin and then touched his eyes and he's cured of blindness. So that's one of the first miracles attributed to St. Blois. Beautiful. And of course, just to remind people again, St. Munchen, of course, is the patron saint of the Limerick Diocese. Okay, St. Mary, so here at the well... Um, very impressive at the moment, but can you tell us a little bit about how the well might have started? Well, the well dates back to probably pagan times. It's considered a very powerful, almost magical to pagans in Celtic Ireland. Uh, they saw a well as a kind of a liminal space between this world and the next world. Mm. And there was this fear that if you were here after dark, the spirits from the other world could come out of the well and you could be dragged into it. So you never find buildings in the field with a well. You always find them in the adjoining field or maybe two fields away. Uh, And if you notice that anywhere there's a monastery, generally within two fields the holy well is. So Mm. when Christianity arrived in the 4500 St. Pope Gregory, or later St. Gregory, said, don't demolish any of the pagan sites, but adapt them put a Christian symbol there the people will keep coming and eventually mm-hmm. they'll adopt Christianity mm-hmm. and this uh, worked but it also meant that uh, a lot of pagan traditions 
were there at the same time as Christianity. So a lot of the superstitions and the, what mm. we call pishogs yeah. lasted and stayed with us. Mm. <laughs> so Celtic Christianity, if you like, developed independently of European Christianity. And there was a lot of friction there between the Irish Church and Rome at the time. This would be around 800. Mm. But of course, all over the centuries, I mean, people obviously would have visited the well here. Oh, definitely, yeah. And of course, it was a major source just for water, tap water, for mm-hmm. the yeah. local people. I mean, my mother told me when she arrived here in 1951 that she used to come up to the well with her bucket to get water. And, you know, it's real hard work carrying buckets of water just us. Mm. Likewise, all the village came down here for their water. So it was a great source and great amenity until they put up a well by the, what was the school, is now the community centre, mm-hmm. and another one, two more wells up the village, pumps. Okay. Yeah. And so the day, really, that people celebrate in Ada um, St. Malou is August the 3rd, is that right? That's right, yeah. It's the eve of the saints. Um, if, it's uh, yeah, th- mm, that's right. the eve, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that far. So I, I believe in... This particular, which is tomorrow night, I believe um, there's a mass here at 7.30 in the graveyard and um, it's one that happens every year. Just going back again to the well. So obviously um, the well wasn't always like it it is today in such a beautiful condition. Um, I believe some of you got together a few years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's right, yes. The well... uh, we're not really sure when the um, edifice over the well was built because inside it's uh, like a quadrilateral. It's narrower at the back than the front and the walls are, well, it's kind of poorly built, I suppose. Mm. The outside then is built at a different time. So the external walls might date back to prehistory, you know, to Norman times when they've built the very first church around 1200, whereas the outer wall might be when the later church was built around 1814. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Uh, The cross on here came from the church that was knocked down in uh, 1966 mm-hmm. and there's a new cross on the church. So it's it's kind of a mishmash of different styles. Um, and so a committee was formed here when, was it um, 2012 was it? That's correct, yes. Basically it was just a well in a field and it, access was quite difficult. There was a style there but you'd need to be about a, a nice slim size 12 to get through the style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So uh, someone just said I wish it was easier to get in there. I wish it was easier. And luckily, the, the Ambrose family came forward and said, you can have that strip of land, you can have access, and uh, very kindly uh, gifted us this plot of land. And then a group came together, and there was 22 of us. It was very popular. And it was very, very popular among parishioners. They just kind of threw money at us. It really just rolled, and mm. it grew legs. And first of all, it was just going to be put in a pathway. Then it was a pathway in a little garden. Then it was a hedge, and it just kept growing and growing. <laughs> Until you see what we have here today. We've got benches. It's a lovely area for quiet meditation, or people just come here. Just I think after funerals, a lot of people come here. It's mm. a lovely quiet area. You can mm. come and have a bit of peaceful time. And you know, there's a you know there's a lovely piece of in, information here on a notice board, which lets us know quite a few things. But one of the things is, it lets us know that there's numbers on this sort of a square here that's surrounding the well. Can you tell us a little bit about those numbers and what they mean? That's right, yes. Well, you can, of course, come here and just enjoy the peace and quiet, or you can pray, or you can actually follow the routine that's laid out here for the well. Um, what happened? A local um, stonecutter, Jack McKenna, 
engraved stones numbering one through to seven with uh, number one suggesting you start at number one and you can follow around the well ending up at number seven being the well itself and number one is dedicated to people who have any problems with their eyes number two the heart blood and lungs three the liver stomach and pancreas four fertility five hips six knees and seven spiritual healing and obviously you can either say any prayers you like yourself, but it's recommended that you do the rounds. It's an Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory be at each point. And then a Hail Holy Queen and the prayer to say Maloa at the well itself. And, and then, of course, you can take water away with you if you like. There's a little jug there you can help yourself. If you bring your own bottle, of course. <laughs> that, that's no problem. And Mary, I believe there was a, uh, you know, there was a book as well, which uh, did, I believe, did you write that yourself? Or? Right, yes. Tell us a small little bit about that, please. Well, we produced the booklet really just to raise funds uh, to help pay for the landscaping in here and the flowers and so on. And that's sold in 2012. I mean, there are a few copies left, I think about 20 copies, but mm. it was again very popular, nearly sold out. And we had uh, 200 copies, I think, went. So it was, it's amazing actually the interest in something like this. And uh, have you found, I mean, obviously you kind of mentioned there now that people come here maybe after funerals and so on and so forth. So therefore, people are beginning to recognize that there is such a thing as Malou as well here in Arda. Well, I think so, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's become very popular. And anytime I'm down here doing gardening or whatever, I always meet someone coming in or leaving or arriving with children. Children particularly seem to like it. Mm. And uh, young families come in and spend a little time here, say a few prayers, you know. I must say, it's a beautiful place, especially when it's not raining and thanks for the again, it just stopped raining here where we are, we're recording today. Um, but to spend even some time here in the evening, just relaxing and just appreciating and maybe. But Mary, there's something else too that um, maybe should be mentioned about Arda. And that's um, the Arda Chalice. Can you briefly tell us a little bit about that? Well, the Arda Chalice was found in Arda almost 150 years ago in 1868. In September time, there were two lads, uh, Jim Quinn and uh, Paddy Flanagan, and they were digging for potatoes. And they just met a soft spot and they kept digging down. They came across a flat slab. They moved the slab and they struck some metal and that was a smaller little chalice. Mm. And then they found three brooches, four brooches. Mm. And uh, they also found the Arda chalice, the iconic Arda chalice. And straight away, I think they recognised that it was something special. And then the story goes that they presented it to Mrs. Quinn, who was uh, renting the land from the Sisters of Mercy. It was mm-hmm. uh, a girl of the Heffernans who had become a nun who owned the land. So that's how the sisters got it. Uh, it eventually ended up in the bishop's hands. He took it to Lord Dunraven, who wrote a very extensive, detailed report on it. And it eventually ended up in the National Museum. So it's, we're very proud of it here in Arda. And we put up actually a monument to uh, record the finding of the, the monument, of the, of the chalice. Lovely. And of course, just as we're walking through the graveyard here, maybe not, not, too, be, not, not too many people are aware of this, but there's actually a bishop buried here in Arda. Yes. yes, this was uh, where his uh, ancestors are buried. So in his will, he said he wanted to be buried here in Arda and he wanted to be buried on the back of... Um, a small cart and uh, he wanted to come here by torchlight at night time and he came from Ballingarry where he was staying and came the main road which mm. we call now the N21 <laughs> and <laughs> then at uh, Reen's Pike he came along and then up Boran Aspwick which is um, 
Cooley Brown okay. and then rejoined the road at Skahana Bridge and then on up to Arda and he's buried actually in the ruin that's in the old graveyard but unfortunately over time that was in 1759 over mm. time his, uh, the inscription has become defaced you can't read it so what's happening now is Jack McKenna again has stepped up and uh, he's engraving a stone which is going to have the original inscription on mm. it luckily it's recorded in Begley's History of Limerick so we know that and he's also putting a little bishop's mitre on one side and a crozier on the other side and then on the reverse of the stone he's putting Bishop de Lacy and his coat of arms the de Lacy family coat of arms so it should look lovely and you know mm. it'll just let people know where that stone is because these things kind of go out of circulation after a while I think and just speaking about bishops, as we're walking through the graveyard again, you did remind me that there was actually four bishops in County Limerick at one stage, one of which was Bishop of Arda, is that right? Well, yes, he was attached to the monastery, St. Malua's Monastery, mm. and it was obviously a very flourishing monastery at the time, and they had their own bishop. Uh, when the Normans came, they decided to regularise things. They mm. thought it was ridiculous in a county the size of Limerick having four bishops, so they got rid of all those bishoprics, and where there was a bishop, they put in instead um, a manor. Uh, mm. So you knew then, when Arda was referred to as a manor, that there had been a bishop here. Okay, okay. Yeah. And just before we leave the, uh, the interview, I, I believe you've got another few projects in mind. Um, did you actually do some work here with the, in regard to recording the graves here and so on and so forth? Well, that's right, yes. We had uh, a graveyard um, survey done, and then I uh, published a book on that. And that's sold out at the moment. Uh, and what's happened at the moment is the National Library of Ireland has released uh, records for births and marriages, and so I'm trying to put those onto um, an index uh, on an Excel sheet. So they'll be more accessible. I'll try and put that online when it's finished. So it's only for the first 30 years, the 1845 to 69. Well, just before I finish, I noticed that there's a, there's a prayer here to St. Malou. So I might ask my dear lady wife, Anne, uh, just to pray this for us. So this is a prayer to St. Malou. Lord God, through the intercession of St. Malou, Light up my darkened soul, heal my wounds, strengthen my weaknesses, console me in times of hardship, ease my troubles, give me the vision to see all things as a part of your eternal plan. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much now for that, Anne. So as we begin to leave uh, this wonderful graveyard and this wonderful well here in Ada, we want to thank Mary Curry for, for really all the work that herself and indeed all the people who are on the various committees have done over the years. As we know, these things don't just happen. Uh, people worked in their own time. Um, people donated and so on and so forth. So, uh, Mary, I suppose uh, the only thing we can say just to finish off is to invite people to join us here maybe from time to time. That's right, especially though on the uh, Monday at 7.30. <laughs> That's right, tomorrow night at 7.30 and there's Mass in the Graveyard, isn't that right? That's right, Mass in the Graveyard first of all and then we do the rosary around the old graveyard and the new cemetery and then we end up here at the well and we do the rounds here at the well. Very complete. It starts at 7.30. Generally it takes about an hour, an hour and a half. You know, It's very popular last year. I think there was... 350, 400 people here. Wow. Yeah, people come. I think because it's both the Graveyard Mass and St. Malou's mm-hmm. all rolled into one. Uh, yeah, it has proved very popular. So it's a good idea to bring a bottle with you if you want to get some water from the well and if you've got a little stool to bring that too because eating is very limited. <laughs> Mary Curry, you're very kind. Thank you very much indeed for giving us such, uh, such an insight into the well here in Ada. And I suppose we should just go out with asking again... St. Malou to pray for us.